speeds up Driving when the sun goes down The hum of 18 wheels Lord, that's a lonely sound I spend all day Chasing that old white line I've been on the road so long I've lost track of time Hey friends, this is Gary Rayburn of Lonesome Road Ministries, and we've got an awesome program for you. I know you're going to enjoy it today, and you're going to want to get more copies of this, so give us a call, 618-383-2107, or log on to lonesomeroad.org. Or you can email me at gary.lonesomeroad at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Now sit back, listen, and enjoy today's program from Lonesome Road Ministries, Church on the Road. Give us a call. We look forward to hearing from you. I keep those wheels turning from town to town. There's so much I got to see. I got to look around. I got diesel smoke rolling from two crumb stacks. My address is 408-414, a big blue mag. Now it don't matter where I'm going, I just gotta drive. I have the white line fever to the day that I die. I said 18 wheels rolling on the road, it is my life. Climbing in the cab with us today. Uh, Come on, Dennis, get in the truck with us. <laughs> get, on, get on up here. Let's get over, Daryl. Hey, Dennis, we're so thrilled that you're in the cab with us today. And I know you've got a word for the drivers out there on the road. Hey, I was talking with a buddy of mine the other day, and we were talking about coffee. And if you're a driver, you know that's the lifeline of everything we do. we got to have coffee to keep us fueled up and running down the road. And he said, man, I like coffee. I just don't like that bitter taste that it leaves in my mouth. So I said, dude, I can help you out with that, man. I can tell you about an old trick my grandmother showed me when I was just a little boy. She would sprinkle some salt in the coffee when she was making it. And I tell you, that would just smooth that coffee right out, take all the rough edges off. And, you know, I got to thinking about that. Uh, And if you're, if had experience with Christ, man, be the light and the salt. The Bible tells us to do that. And uh, just, you know, something that you could say or do can maybe knock the edges off somebody's life because we never know what they're going through. And just always remember that. Man, if you, maybe you don't sing, you don't play guitar, you don't do a lot of things, but you can be some salt. It's very effortless. All you got to do is let the love of Christ shine through you. Amen, amen, Dennis, that's right. If you all have listened to our radio programs before, you know we might just be a little bit crazy. Hey, but we're not the only one crazy. Uh... Joe argues a little crazy too, and he's got a brand new song out, and we're going to put that on for you. So pass the coffee and pass the salt shaker there, Daryl. But Joe's a good guy. He's a good friend, and he's a good friend of the trucking industry. He cares about the drivers out there. Yes, he sure does care about the drivers. And here's uh, Joe's new song called I Must Be Crazy off of his brand new CD, Keep Looking Up. You can order that on joearview.com or give him a call, 618-927-1986. I'll pour us up a cup of coffee and let's listen to a little bit of Joe Arview. Here's Joe Arview. It's a long, long way from here to sanity. Jesus led me down this path to find some company. Now the family is all 
together, gather round his throne. And I know I must be crazy, but now I'm not alone. I'm crazy about Jesus. I'm crazy. Yeah, I'm a lunatic, you see. This dude is a little strange And I admit peculiar It's my middle name But I'm just a part of a family With a home up in the sky And I know this may sound crazy But someday I'm gonna fly I'm crazy about Jesus I'm crazy I'm a lunatic you see well I'm finally off of my rocker I've gone, gone, gone and I know I must be crazy but now I'm not alone yeah I know I must be crazy Rubber meets the road. There's Joe Arview. <laughs> yeah. Joe, Joe is an awesome guy, and uh, he travels all over the country. His phone number is 618-927-1986. You can book him for your church or your Christian event if you'd like. So, drivers, sit tight. Hang on. Because here's an awesome message from my good friend, Gary Rayburn. Let me start with a little story here. It's about a Sunday school teacher. Years and years ago, that uh, he noticed uh, one little boy didn't come to his class several Sundays in a row. A little boy by the name of Dwight. The Lord laid it on his heart that he needed to go witness to him and share Jesus with him. Well, this young man, he was a teenager, and he had a job. And, and so the Sunday school teacher went down to where he was working at. And he was a shoe salesman. And... The Sunday school teacher got to where he's working at, and he just paced up and down the sidewalk uh, praying and asking God for the courage to go in and witness to him. And finally he went in, and, and he shared the gospel message with this boy by the name of Dwight, and he was gloriously saved. He gave his life to Christ. His name was Dwight Lyman Moody, D.L. Moody. And I know you've all heard about D.L. Moody. Well, D.L. Moody would eventually go across the sea and he would preach. And he would encourage a man by the name of F.B. Meyer. F.B. Meyer was uh, discouraged and he was ready to give up his ministry. But D.L. Moody went across the sea and, and encouraged him. And F.B. Meyer would go on to preach. And a guy by the name of Wilbur Chapman would be born again. He got saved, gloriously saved. And Wilbur Chapman would go on to preach. He was a dynamic preacher. And he would preach and preach. And he won a White Sox baseball player by the name of Billy Sunday to the Lord. And Billy Sunday went on to preach. And he preached the gospel. And he won a guy by the name of Mordecai Ham to the Lord Jesus. And Mordecai Ham would go on and preach a tent revival in the hills of North Carolina. And in that tent revival, a young boy by the name of Billy came and gave his life to Christ. Billy Graham. Yeah. 
Billy Graham gave his life to Christ and he went on to preach. And preach he did. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people have given their life to Christ. And that's what we can do if we go out and share Jesus in our neighborhoods. You just never know who you're going to win and what they're going to do with that gospel message that we present to them. So folks, it's up to us. Here I am, Lord, send me. You know, that was my cry the day that I got saved. I just said, here I am, Lord. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll say anything you want me to say. I'll do anything you want me to do if you'll just save me. And he did. And I've tried to live up to that ever since. God can use anybody to do anything if we'll just say, here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me. You all know that we are living in the last days, right? You knew that. Okay. I don't have to tell you that then. You already know it. Time is short. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do with this man called Jesus that lives in our heart? Are we just going to keep him in here or are we going to let him spill out? Spill out. We need to get, we come in here to get filled up so that we can what? Go out and spill out on others. It's all about others. So God gave me a scripture and it's in John chapter 4. And it's, I'll just start reading about 35 and and I'm going to kind of paraphrase. uh, It says, do you think that the work of the harvest will not begin until the summer ends four months from now? Do you think, do you think that Jesus is not going to come back anytime? Or do you think he can come back today, tomorrow? Well, if we think that and we believe that, what are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? There's people out there. Look around you. It says, how many thousands of people are around here? Uh, let me read on. Look around you. Fast fields are ripening all over. The fields are white unto harvest. The harvester are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. That's the harvest. It's the people that's out there. We are the harvesters. We get to harvest, and we get to win people to, to the Lord for eternal life. What an, awesome, what an awesome privilege it is to be a child of God. Amen. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. I like that. We all get to share in this. When somebody's won to the Lord, if we've got a part in it, we all get to share the blessings, the treasures that are stored up in heaven. Whoa, that's awesome, God. You know the saying, one person plants, someone else harvests, and it's true. I sent you to harvest where you didn't plant. Others had already done the work, and you will gather the harvest. Others have already done the work, and you get to gather the harvest if you just participate if you just do something for jesus sake wow what an awesome god we have that is so awesome the fields are white unto harvest and god has called us god has called us we get calls every day from somebody that has given their life to christ or they've come back to the cross they got away whatever but uh, god is doing amazing things through us if we'll just allow him to use us that's all it amounts to, just allowing him to use us. That's hard to do sometimes. My testimony. I uh, grew up in a good home, real good home. My mom and dad were great. I graduated high school and, and became an over-the-road truck driver. At the age of 20, I started driving across the country. I used to drive all across the country, and I, I lived for the devil. I did. I was uh, drinking, I was doing drugs, I was anything you could think of out on the road, I was doing it. That was my lifestyle. I grew up that way, and that's who I became. But in 1995, at the age of 43, my wife and I, we got married in 1983, and I was a drug addict. And I was an alcoholic. Everybody in here has probably got somebody 
in their family that is a drug addict or an alcoholic. Nobody's immune. We all have somebody that we know that is like that. And it's people like that are hard to live with. And I was hard to live with. It was my way or the highway. <laughs> and we got in this huge fight one night, and that's what I told her. I said, hey, if you don't like it, just get out of here. I'm tired of messing with you anyway. You know, just go on. But something had happened uh, a little bit before that. She had started going to church. And she had got this church to praying for me. And when you get a church that wants to pray, that knows how to pray, things happen. So I just praise the Lord for churches that love to pray. And I know this is a praying church. <laughs> but uh, she got that church to pray me, for me. And, and anyway, we got in this big, huge fight one night. And I told her, just go on, get out. I'm done. But she left, and she, but she went to her pastor's house. And he called me up, and he wanted to know if he could come down and talk to me. Well, I'd been to the church a couple times. I thought, you know, I started going just a few times, and I thought we was having trouble in our marriage, and I thought our marriage is about over. So, And so I started going to that little church. And, but every time I went in there, man, he talked about this man called Jesus all the time. And it made me uncomfortable. It was conviction. I didn't know what it was, but that's what it was. But uh, I listened to him a few times, and then I just finally said, I don't need this, man. This is, ooh. Uh, so I, I quit going. And after I quit going, our marriage got a lot worse. And like I said, we got in this huge fight one night, and I told her to leave, and she left and went to her pastor's house. And he called me up, and he wanted to come down and talk to me. And I said, you can, because I knew Russ. He was, uh, he was hard to uh, tell no to. Sometimes it's hard to tell them pastors no, you know what? <laughs> But uh, he come on down, and he brought a little track with him. And I was drinking beer that night. I drank beer every night. I was an alcoholic, and that's what alcoholics do. They drink. And uh, he knocked on the door, and when he, when he knocked on the door, I took my beer, and I hid it behind my chair because I didn't want that pastor to see me drinking. You know, that's just something you don't do, drinking in front of a pastor. So I hid my beer, and, and I told him he could come in. And he said, can I, brother, he said, can I uh, read something to you? And I said, yeah, yeah, you can. And he said, I got a little book here I want to read you, and it's called Eternal Life. And it's a track about eternal life. And so he sat down there beside of me, and he started reading this book, and he was flipping through them pages and reading all that. And I'd look at the TV, and I'd look out the window, and I'd look at the ceiling. I'd look anywhere except that little book. And he just kept reading he got to the end of the book, and, and there's a little prayer at the end of the book. And he said, if you'll say this prayer and mean it with your heart, he said, Jesus will save you. He said, would you like to do that? I said, no. <laughs> I said, I don't think that's for me. And he, he just laughed. He said, okay. And he just laughed. And I thought, wow. I didn't think he, that was easy. And so I went to bed that night, and... I got up the next morning, and I had a run to make up in northern Illinois. I was going to Galena, Illinois, and I got up about 4 o'clock in the morning, and I, I got my semi, and I left. And I got about an hour away from home, and I don't know why, but I just started crying. I mean, I, I was crying so hard I couldn't hardly see to drive. And I, I just started talking to God, and, I, and, I, and then I heard myself talking to God, and I thought, well, I don't even know if there is a God, you know. I don't know about this. And so I just said, I said, God, if you're really real, prove it to me. I need, I need to see a sign from God. And so I drove on up the road. And just a little while later, it got daylight. And I looked out in the field, and there was a sign out in the field. And it said, Christ is the answer. And I got excited. I thought, that's what I asked for, a sign. <laughs> And I got really excited. And you ever seen these cartoons? You got a devil on one shoulder and an angel on. Yeah. Well, whoever that wrote that knew what they was talking about because that's just exactly the way it was that morning. 
I mean, that devil popped up on his shoulder and he said, that's not from God. He said, when you asked for a sign, you didn't mean you wanted a sign. <laughs> he said, you meant something else, something big. I said, yeah, that's right. And I, so I started talking to God again. I said, God, when I asked for a sign, I didn't mean I wanted a sign. I meant I want something else, something big, something real that would prove to me that you're real. And so I drove on up the road. And a little while later, a, a little white van come along beside of me, pulled up beside of me. And I looked down there at her, and she looked at me, and our eyes kind of locked, and I can still see her face. And she rolled down her window, and she just stuck her hand out, and like that, with her thumb, pointed to the sky. And I thought, What's that all about? <laughs> that don't even make sense. And then as the little van rode by, I seen it was a, a from little church bus. And I thought, well, that's a church lady. <laughs> God sent a church lady. She's real. And then the devil popped up. And he really laughed at me about that one. And he said, that's not from God. He said, besides that, it's, it's 10 o'clock Sunday morning, and she should be in church. <laughs> I said, that's right. <laughs> what kind of church lady is that? So I drove on. And I got on up the road and I started talking to God again. I said, God, I got to have something real. Something that will prove to me that you're real. And I drove on. And nothing happened. I got up to my destination and I sat there, and it takes me about an hour to unload my load, uh, pump a load off. I was pulling a tanker, and I sat there and pumped this load off and sat on a five-gallon bucket and talked to God. And I didn't know it, but I was praying. But, you know, pr prayer. What is prayer? It's just a conversation with God is prayer. You know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to be fancy about it. You can just, right there, God. <laughs> I mean, a conversation with the Lord. And that's what I was doing. I was talking to the Lord. And I was expecting a lightning bolt to shoot down out of the sky, you know. And, man, I'd know that was from God if that happened. But nothing happened. And I got unloaded. And I decided to go home a different route. And so I took her off across to US-20 there in northern Illinois and went through Rockford, Illinois. And I hit I-39, and I started heading down south. But as I was going across to 20 there in Rockford, I started talking to God again. I I said, God, I got to know if you're really real, you got to prove it to me. I need something big. I need a sign from God. And I hit I-39 and headed south. And by this time, it was about probably 6 o'clock in the evening. And I left at 4 o'clock that morning. So I'd been wrestling with God all day long. And I hit I-39 and got down there about... Uh, Mm, 40 some mile marker I can't remember the exact mile marker but I looked out in the field and there was this big sign I mean a big sign and on this sign was the face of Jesus Christ he had a crown of thorns he was pointing at me blood dripping off his finger and the sign read, this one's for you. And when I looked in the face of Jesus Christ and I saw the blood dripping off his finger and I read that sign, this one's for you, I just started crying. And before, before that devil could even pop up, I just started praying and asking God to save me. I tried to remember the prayer in the back of that book that the preacher had brought, but I couldn't remember how it went. So I just prayed from my heart and asked Jesus to come into my life and save me. I said, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I'll say anything you want me to say if you'll just save me. And I couldn't I cried and I cried and I cried and it felt like the weight of the world was come off my chest. And it felt like I was floating. And I floated home.
I, uh, I remember that night. It was about 10 o'clock by the time I got home. And uh, my wife, she was already in bed. And I just went to bed. And got up the next morning, and she was up, already up, and she was in the kitchen when I got up. And I walked in the kitchen. And remember, we'd been fighting the night before. Uh, we left, and we weren't even speaking. Uh, I'd already told her to get out. And I walked in the kitchen, and she looked at me, and she said, What's going on? I said, what do you mean? She said, there's something different about you. And I started telling her what had happened and how I'd give my life to Christ. And, and she said, well, you got to call Russ. you got to call our pastor. you got to tell him. And so I called him, and I said, Russ, i got something to tell you. He said, I'll be right in. And he lived about six miles from me. <laughs> but he just took off and come to town. And uh, I got to town, and I told him, that I'd give my life to Christ. He said, I knew that's what it was, brother. He said, I knew it. I knew it. The Holy Spirit had already told me. <laughs> and uh, he gave me a big hug, and then he said, you got to share this with the church Sunday. Well, I said, oh, I don't know if I can do that or not. <laughs> he said, well, you got to. I said, oh, okay. See, I didn't know that rule. <laughs> it's actually in the Bible. We are to tell people what happened to us to testify, to give, to, it's in the Bible, it's in the Word of God, so, so uh, I shared my testimony this next Sunday, but, oh, I want to tell you this, that day, that day, the sky was bluer, the grass was greener, uh, everything had changed, I mean, it was just like the scales had fell off my eyes, and I could see things that I'd never seen before, I remember one time stopping out at, uh, at our plant where I, we uh, I had to stop and unlock the gate to get in, and it was about midnight, I stopped in there, and I looked up at the sky, and I'd never seen stars that looked like that before in my life. I mean, it was just like you could reach out and touch them. I mean, when you give your life to Christ, man, things change, and there's, oh, man, I'd never seen anything like it. It's just amazing what God can do if we just let Him do it. So... I shared my testimony at the church, and it, people started asking me to come and share my testimony. They'd heard about it, and so I just started doing that. Uh, I told God I'd go anywhere He wanted me to go, and do anything He wanted me to do, and say anything He wanted me to say. So I started sharing my testimony in different places. Uh, I was a truck driver. I was still a truck driver. I was on the road uh, all week long, but I had a pretty good job uh, driving. I could be home on weekends, so I got to be part of my church family and I was in that church for quite a few years and the first two years I was saved all I wanted to do was read my Bible uh, every time I'd go unload somewhere I'd sit on that five gallon bucket and just read the Bible for 45 minutes until I was uh, time to get unloaded and and I, I'd take that Bible in with me the truck stops everywhere I went I took my Bible with me and I just wanted to find out who this man called Jesus was I'd heard about him in church and I didn't know who he was. I am a nobody, but God can use anybody. <laughs> Amen. But uh, so I started reading my Bible, and I've got the Bible read, and then I started reading it again, and I just kept reading, and, and God started using me, and I started praying, asking God how he could use somebody like me, because I, I got no talent, you know? Uh, there's nothing I can do, and, and God gave me songs to write, and I didn't know where they was coming from but because uh, uh, I never wrote a song in my life, and then all of a sudden I was writing songs, and I thought, wow, this is cool, God. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> so I just kind of put them in a folder and kept them. And I was driving out across uh, Virginia one day, and it was 1999. This is four years after I got saved. And I stopped in a truck stop. And I picked up a, a tape, a cassette tape, in the trucker's lounge. And it's, there was a sign on there that said, uh, free gospel tapes, take one and pass them on. And I thought, well, that's cool. I'll check this out. So I grabbed a handful of them, and I thought, I'll listen to these. Because I was looking for, you know, I was looking for something to help me out on the road. 
that road's a tough road out there without without it Christian brothers to come alongside of you and strengthen you. You're out there amongst the world, and you're out there in, in a lot of the situations that uh, Christian people don't need to be in. And so we need something to help us while we're out there. And so I thought, man, this might be just what I need. So I picked them up, and I started listening to them, and they were, oh, I just loved them. They was... Uh, uh, songs on there like you just heard uh, there was preaching there was testimonies and i just fell in love with them and i just thought man this is just what i need while i'm out here on the road and so i started looking in every truck stop i stopped at i'd look for these little gospel tapes these little seeds gospel seeds that's what ray sis called them uh, I picked up one in Georgia one time. said, I-20 for Jesus. Um, and a man on that CD's name was Ray Sisk. And he, you plugged that tape in, and just like he was sitting there beside of you, and he just started talking to you, and it was the coolest thing. I just fell in love with that. And I listened to that tape, and as I listened to that tape, the Lord spoke to me. He said, this is your ministry. This is what I've called you to do. This is what them songs are for. I want you to start a tape ministry, give them out to the truckers out on the road. And I thought, no way. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know where to start. I, I mean, how, how can I do something like that, God? I'm, I'm not capable. And I'm not. I'm not. But so I struggled with that, and, and God would just keep speaking to me and telling me that start a tape ministry. This is your ministry. This is what I've called you to do. So uh, I struggled with that for months and months and months, and finally one day I heard a message by a preacher, and he said, it's David Ring. I don't know if any of you have heard him before, but he's got cerebral palsy. Yeah, and he said, I've got cerebral palsy. He said, I'm witnessing for Jesus. What's your excuse? What's your excuse? I, I had no excuse. I, and so I said, okay, Lord, I surrender. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll, I'll start a tape ministry. The next Sunday, I went to my church, and by this time, we had a different pastor, and his name was Mike. He just, just, been, just got there, and he wanted to make a few changes. And he said, brother, he said, I've got a great idea. He said, uh, I've got, uh, we do this Baptist hour. I was going to a Baptist church, and he said, we do this Baptist hour every once a month. He said, would you be willing to give your testimony and put it on tape, and we'll put it on the radio this month? I said, brother, you ain't going to believe this. I said, but that's exactly what God told me to do, is get my testimony on tape and start a tape ministry. And he said, well, let's do it then. He said, looks like the Lord's in this for sure. And so that's what we did, and I started the tape ministry from that uh, tape there, my one, my my testimony, and then I started getting other testimonies, and and I was making uh, 25 tapes a week, 100 tapes a month, and taking them out on the road with me, and that's where this ministry began. But uh, oh, I wanted to tell you one other thing for sure, and the Lord spoke this to me when He told me to start a tape ministry. He said the tapes have to be free he said these are for people that don't know jesus and they're not going to buy anything that you have they're not going to buy they're not paying so the tapes have to be free i started buying tapes and and making tapes and and people started sending money and donating money and the god paid for them. I remember when I went to the church, one church and gave my testimony and they took up an offering and the offering was uh, over $300 and they, they said this is for you to buy tapes. That's what it's for. And So God is faithful if we will just be faithful to Him. Obedience equals blessings. You want God's blessings? Be obedient to what He's called you to do and don't change it. If He says they're free, they're free. <laughs> so Everything we do is free of charge. Our Bibles are free. Our tapes are free. Our CDs are free. Uh, so that's the way we've always done it. Uh, I, went, I went to that Baptist church, started a tape ministry, and then I left that church, and God sent me up the uh, road to another church and in 2002, and the church was 200 people. And I started going there, and I listened to that guy preach. 
And I thought, man, that's some dynamic preaching. If, if I could get his preaching on a tape, that would be a tape ministry. I mean, we could reach people everywhere with something like that. It's preaching like that. I thought, wow. And I went there for several months. And I didn't say anything to him. And one day he came to me. And he asked me if I'd give my testimony uh, in church on a Sunday night. I said, yeah, I will. I said, but, but I want to share my testimony with you first and tell you what I'm going to be talking about. I said, I've got God has given me a tape ministry to do for the drivers out there, and I want to talk about that in my testimony. He said, oh, he said, tell me about that. And so I started telling him about what we was doing, and he just thought that was a great idea, and I loved it. And he thought, man, he said, if we could do something like that in our church, what wonder what would happen. Well, I shared my testimony in this church, and after I got done with my testimony, the pastor came up and he said, uh, Gary Rayburn's a truck driver, and everybody knows truck drivers wear cowboy boots. And he said, uh, we're going to get behind this ministry of his, and we're going to take up donations to start a ministry right here in our church. He said, I'm going to take a cowboy boot and put it right up here, and we need $2,000 to start this ministry. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to put money into this cowboy boot to start this ministry. And he said, when we get $2,000, we're going to start a tape ministry here in our church. And so six weeks later, we had $2,000 in that boot. <laughs> and we began, we began a tape ministry at, at Orchardville Church. And that tape ministry exploded. Because what we had at Orchardville Church, we had some dynamic music like I heard a while ago. By the way, you guys have got some great music. We had some awesome music. We had some dynamic preaching, and I'm sure you've got that here. I haven't heard your pastor preach, but I'm sure you've got some dynamic preaching. And what we had there at Orchardville, nobody knew about. So we started a tape ministry, and we started putting them in places all across the area, all around the area, just a kind of a circle everywhere. We'd put them in restaurants. We'd put them, in, we'd put them on gas pumps. Uh, we'd put them in, in restrooms. We'd go to the restroom. Everybody goes to the restroom. What's the first place somebody goes when they go to the stop somewhere? Restroom. Boy, put a tape in there and let them pick it up and let them be blessed. And you never know. You never know what's going to happen when you tell somebody about Jesus Christ. So that's what we did. And pretty soon our tape ministry was, uh, we started out doing 300 tapes a month. And then we was doing five, and then we was doing seven, and then we was doing a thousand, and then we was doing 1,200. Well, I said, whoa. I went to the pastor. I said, Mark, I need help. I need a new tape duplicator. One's not enough. I can't keep up. He said, I'll get the boot. <laughs> so he got the boot back out, put it out there, and said, we need a new tape duplicator for our ministry. It's, it's, we're outgrowing our ministry. And so he said, we need another $2,000. And so it took a week to raise $2,000 that time because the church had seen what was going on and seen how many people we were reaching and seeing what would happen if you just put the message out there for people to hear. How many people are around this area? Golly, the fields are white unto harvest. Amen? Amen. And it's up to us to get the message out there. If we could just do, do a CD ministry, put CDs out there for people to pick up free of charge, free of charge. What happens when one of them persons gets saved or get blessed? They're going to come here. They are. They, I, Orchardville Church is now, I'll just make this short because I don't want to go on and on about this. Orchardville Church right now is, um, uh, we are running, we have three churches. We got two branches. We have grown that much in the short time since 2002. We got over two, close to 2,000 people in our churches from 200 to 2,000. And, uh, 
Was it the tape ministry? It helps. <laughs> it, it's part of it, yeah. But what we had there was a great church that would love kids. We had a great youth ministry, uh, but nobody was knowing anything about it. So what we did was we put out what we had to, for everybody to find out. And if, if it's, it'll work. It really will. I've seen it work in not only that church, but other churches too. So our ministry now, I think they are doing 6,000 uh, CDs a month right now. I left that, uh, well, I didn't leave. I'm still there. But uh, God called me to uh, change jobs in uh, 2006, and I went to work for an oil field company as a truck driver. I went down there, and the owner, Bob Wilson, is a born-again Christian, and he has a, he, he was doing a Bible ministry. He's got the oil field Bibles that we have back here on the table, and he, everybody comes there and gets a Bible, you know. You get a Bible whether you want it or not. <laughs> so we get, he gives out Bibles, and when I came down there, I was giving out CDs, and he said, oh, I like that. He said, well, give everybody a CD down here, and I said, well, I can do that. So we started passing out CDs, and he was passing out Bibles, and then one day the Lord spoke to us, and, and uh we started having church on the yard. And we was building a brand new rig, and we started having church in the top doghouse, and we called it the upper room. <laughs> and we started having church there every day at noon. And we'd go in there and up there and have church, and then before long, uh, the rig got done, and we didn't know where we was going to have church at. And the building beside of it came up for sale. This building, it was... Built originally for a skating rink, then it was a bowling alley, and then it was an industrial shop, and they went out of business. The building was for sale, and Bob bought the building. He said, I need a new maintenance shop. Guess what? It's God's maintenance shop now. <laughs> we have a church sitting there that seats 400 people. And it's not a, it's not a everyday church. But uh, we have special event type things. And we don't have church on Sunday, but we have church every day. And that's what we do there. God is using that ministry to support this CD ministry. And that's what we do on our CDs. There. We send CDs all across the country, around the world. Now, what, what you guys can do, you can get involved in this ministry. Uh, we will give you CDs to pass out, to listen to, pass out, share with your friends, your family, your neighbors, the people that aren't here, that you can't get them to come to church for whatever reason, if you get them to listen to some of these CDs, it'll work. I guarantee it works. You're going to also start your own ministry. And, uh, you know, we can help you uh, get CDs out into the community until you can get up and uh, where you're making enough that you don't need our help. Uh, we're willing to work alongside with you to reach people in this area and for Jesus and get them in this building. I mean, we can do that. <clears throat> That's the message that uh, the Lord has brought to me today. It's about uh, planting seeds. These are gospel seeds. I got, I got one little story I want to end with. There was a writer, and anytime he was going to write a book, he would always go rent him a place on the ocean, and he would write his novels. And this particular time, he went to Australia, and he was on the, had him a beach house down there, and he liked to run in the morning. He liked to run along the beach, and he would get out there, and he'd start running along the beach, and, and it was just getting daylight, and he could see way off in the distance, looked like somebody down there dancing along the beach. And he thought, now, what is that? And as he got a little closer, he noticed it was, they weren't dancing at all. It was some little boy, and it looked like he was throwing rocks in the ocean or something. And as, you, as he got a little closer, he seen it wasn't rocks. It was starfish. Starfish, just as far as you could see along the big beach. Just as thousands and thousands and thousands of starfish. More than you could ever imagine. What it was is the tide brought the starfish up. And then usually in the morning it would grab them starfish and take them back out. Well, for whatever reason, that tide didn't come in that morning and this the beach was just littered with starfish everywhere, just as far as you could see. And this little boy was throwing them back in the ocean. And the man runs up to him and he says, son, what are you doing? He said, these starfish are dying. He said, we've got to throw them back in the ocean. We've got to get them back in there. They're dying. And he looked 
along the beach, and he said, son, you'll never make a difference. There's too many of them. And the little boy picked up a starfish, looked at it, throwed it in the ocean. He said, I'll make a difference to that one. We might not be able to reach everybody in Houston, but what about the ones that you can reach? What about that one? What about that one? That one. One by one. If we can just win one and get them in here, maybe he'll win one. And maybe he'll win another one. And that's how it's done. So pick up those starfish and start slinging them in the ocean and see how many we can reach for Jesus' sake. Amen. There is a river that comes from above, full of his power and filled with his love. There's life not just your soul that is affected by the decision you're making today. If you have children at home, if you have a spouse at home, if you have friends that are looking to you for some type of leadership, because you could take them wherever you go, and don't you want to take them to meet Jesus? 
you find yourself in a difficult or uncertain life situation right now, don't try to figure it all out on your own. Ask God to show you the next step for today. It's okay if we don't have all the answers, and it's okay if we don't have it all figured out. We just need to take that next step. Maybe the next step for you is deciding that you're going to place your faith and trust in God because you never have considered that as an option. If so, then that best place to start is right now. It's as simple as saying a little prayer, asking Jesus Christ to come into your heart, asking Jesus Christ to fire you back up like you was when you first got saved. Whatever the situation is with you right now, we want to pray with you. All you got to do is pray a simple little prayer. It can be as simple as, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord, I want to do more. I want to be everything that you've called me to be. Take out my stony heart and give me a brand new heart. I will live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name. price my savior paid for me he freely gave his life my sins to atone that I could be saved and never be alone I would be lost if not for the the blood he shed that day Washed all my sins away As he was hanging there With such mercy and grace I would be lost If not for the Because
friends, we want to thank y'all for letting us ride along with you in the cab. And that was Ava Kasich singing for you, The River Runs Red and If Not for the Cross. And her phone number is 870-704-9167. And she's a brand new friend to the Lonesome Road Church on the Road family. And I want you to do me a favor and give her a call and tell her how much you appreciate her being a part of Lonesome Road Ministries. So remember, God loves you. And we here at Lonesome Road Ministry, hey, we love you too. This is Chaplain Gary Rayburn, and we'll talk at you later. At the crossroads of life, lost without hope, 18 wheels of lonesome at the end of the road. In my hand was a track The preacher had read His words still echoing In the back of my head I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past Then I called his name This chance would it be my last Then I saw Jesus hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart from down on my knees Today I met Jesus at the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome, so long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery of the tree Those 18 wheels are rolling down that old lonesome road and I shared the good news wherever I go Yes, there's been a change I'm not the man I used to be And I tell everybody What's happened to me How I felt so ashamed When I thought of my past But I called his name This chance could it be my last Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree And I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I've been lost I left a lifetime of misery the foot of the tree Then I saw Jesus Hanging on that tree I lifted up my heart From down on my knees Today I met Jesus At the foot of the cross Broken hearted and lonesome So long I'd been lost I left a lifetime of misery at the foot of the tree.